All attention turns to Sydney Motorsport Park's round of the Shannons Motorsport Australia Championships. And what a weekend it's going to be. Nine racing categories will be ripping around this great Sydney track and racers will be there to distribute and deliver our world-class fuels and world-class service to every category. That's over 30,000 litres of racing fuel. And before you ask, Tony, no, you can't have extra special fuel in your Honda TCR car. And with that said, it's over to another episode of the Parked Up podcast, powered by Race Fuels. Two of the very best operators parked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Welcome back to the Parked Up podcast. My name is Grant Rowley. We're powered by Race Fuels. I'm joined by Tony Delberto and TD. It is race week. We're going to Sydney Motorsport Park for your fourth round of the Super Cheap Auto TCR Australia Series. Do you have your race face on? I'm pretty excited, Grant. I must admit, uh, I love Sydney Motorsport Park. My car was bloody good there last time and I'm due for some better results. So um, we've been doing a fair bit of work in the background. Um, so I reckon I reckon we might be on this weekend. So I'm a little bit excited. I don't want to make any... any bold claims. Uh, no, like you no, just no bold claims. No, you just no, made I a bold claim. Was, you know, if I don't put on pole like I did last time, it's been a it's been a failure. Um, but uh, no, looking forward to it very much so. And uh, you know, just to get up there, you know, there's nine categories in on mm. uh, the schedule this weekend, so it's jam packed. We're going to see some night racing, night so qualifying, night qualifying, oh, night qualifying, night uh, cars going around at nighttime, Grant, <laughs> uh, which I think is going to be spectacular. You know, yeah. like around there, they they always look really good. I remember watching the the supercars go around there at night and uh, all the liveries look cool. There's glowing brake discs. There's maybe a bit of uh, exhaust flames as well. It's, it's a real spectacle. So I think uh, we're going to see some really good imagery and, and footage from that. Uh, but then just to catch up with everybody again and uh, go racing and I'll be able to see your face, not so much over Zoom, but actually in real life. Wow. What a moment that's going to be That's going to be you. crazy. And it's been a huge week for you, Grant. Now, this mm-hmm. show, we've, we've got a very special guest on later on, and we'll we'll tell you who that is in a moment. Um, but this show is all about Grant Rowley and <laughs> his new books that you've launched. Yeah, uh, very exciting week. You know, this is something that I know in the background you've been working on for a long time. So I want to get your thoughts on it. Like, what what drove you to write these books, other than a whole heap of red wine? Uh, yeah, well, I did uh, admit on the socials that there might have been some red wine in the original creation of them. But uh, yeah, so look, I've always liked cartoons and I've kind of always had a little bit of a soft spot for uh, kids, uh, kids cartoons, kids drawings, il- illustrations, just, uh, just, just fun, fun things like that. Um, I, I remember as a kid that I loved, I grew up watching He-Man and he was like, he was my hero. He was my first hero before Dickie J, before uh, Johnny B or any of those guys. Um, Hopefully well before Molly as well. Yes, definitely way well before Molly. <laughs> she wasn't even born. She wouldn't even know who He-Man is. So yeah, I've always had a little thing for, for cartoons and drawing and I've, I've done a bit of drawing myself. They're not, they're not brilliant. And thankfully the drawings that are in these kids books that I've put together uh, aren't my own creation. I've guided um, an artist with the creative and yeah, I just uh, was um, I've got a three-year-old daughter and during COVID I was reading her some books 
uh, at nighttime. And anytime I'd try and read the words on the page, she'd just try and flick the page. She wasn't interested. But if I sat there and explained little, the, the, the drawings, explained what was happening on there, we could spend five or 10 minutes just going through each illustration regardless of what it was. And most of these things were like dogs and cats and farm animals and some dude who swallowed a pig and then swallowed a goat and like, you know, all those crazy books that the kids have got. Yep. And so that's kind of where I kind of had a little, the seed of the idea to, to, to do a book. And originally I was sort of thinking, you know, I'll make up a, I'll make up a book about a, a make-believe race driver and go through their journey. I would have called it tiny D. What do you reckon? <laughs> um so that, that was the original idea and uh but then I, anytime i tried to write something about something fic fiction i just couldn't do it i could not do it so i uh just settled on uh i wrote the the gentle jim book based on jim richards and then that quickly followed into john bow now most of these uh i was able to write i, I wrote basically the first four um in in one night so they're really short. They're, they're short poems. They follow a very similar principle. Uh, and, but it's all about the illustrations. And um, yeah, it's uh, kind of really enjoyed putting them together. I launched last week. The sentiment has been really good. So we'll see how they fly. I, I must admit for uh, somebody that is a media manager, um, you did a very good job of launching your own books. <laughs> It got yep. so much coverage. Um, <laughs> yep. Generally, you know, we interview guests on this show, uh, racing drivers, and they're the ones getting all the accolades and the stories about them. But this time around, Grant, um, every website, you know, newspaper, everyone picked up on it. Everyone wrote about it. So mm. you did a very good job of getting the message out there. But Thanks the one that. question that I wanted to ask, mm -hmm. well, there's a couple more actually. Oh, okay, cool. Have you sold any yet? Yeah, there's been a, <laughs> there's been a few. Thankfully, thankfully, it's a bit of a like. I mean, who I don't know what is good and what's bad. The good thing is a lot of people have bought the set, so they've gone in and bought all five of them or pre-ordered all five. So I don't expect to actually have any books physically until about July. So at the moment, just testing the water and see what the uptake's going to be to work out how many I print. So um, I know you can, you can print first editions and you can do a rerun or whatever, but I'm not really interested in that. Whatever I print the first time, that is it. It's a, it's going to be a limited run. There honestly won't be, uh, there won't be that many. And, and really I'd, um, I, of course I need to make sure it uh, washes its own hands. I can't um, mm. send my family. Not out a charity. Yeah. I can't send the family onto your um, front porch to camp there and eat baked beans oh, mate, for, got, for the rest got of plenty of beds, plenty of beds, mate. <laughs> well, thank you. Big backyard. Perfect. If it, um, if it fails, then, then we'll, we'll come stay over for two or three years. <laughs> <laughs> um, now tell, tell the listeners, I mean, this might be the first time they've heard about the books. Uh, where do you get them? Yeah, where do you check them out? How do they get their hands on them? Yeah, so you can pre-order uh, now via my fancy little website that has been put together by motorsportwebsites.com.au. Shane uh, was burning the midnight oil for me and uh, getting all of it set up. So that's uh, that's worked out really well. And that is networkr.com.au, which is my personal business. 
Um, and there's even a, a link to Parked Up on there as well. So if you're ever struggling to find the Parked Up podcast, you can find that on networkart.com.au. The five books are right at the very front of the site. It's uh, not very hard. And you'll click on that and you'll go to uh, check out at uh, our good friends at the V8 Sleuth who uh, are managing a lot of the um, deliveries and the handling and, and all of that stuff. They, they do books full time. So um, I've put the responsibility on Aaron Noon and Shane Rogers and his great team there at V8 Sleuth. But, uh, but certainly come through the networkr.com.au website and you'll be able to check out the five books called Little Heroes. Now, these uh, little heroes, you've only got five at the moment. Um, yeah. How did you come up with the first five? And I'm sure you've got a long list. Yeah, and hopefully, I'm at the top. I'm yeah. at the top for the next lot. Um, I promised you if you win Bathurst this year, you'll have a book for Christmas. Oh, I probably, probably wouldn't be until January. But I'll definitely, I'll definitely do one for you if you, uh, if you win Bathurst. You beauty. I was gonna, there's a, there's a couple of Bathurst races, Bathurst International, <laughs> there's right. the you know, Bathurst yeah. 1000. Yeah. If, um, if you win the TCR title, I'll, I'll consider it as well. I'll consider oh, you, I think you well. might be a little safe there at the moment, uh, <laughs> unless we have a, a stellar uh, last three rounds anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. So, so who, um, who else? So, well, look, I guess, uh, so Jim Richards, John Bow, Dick Johnson, Peter Brock and Molly Taylor are part of the first five. And yeah, the list of, Australian racing drivers is as long as my arm and uh, two of your arms. So which, I, I reckon uh, like Scotty Mack or someone like that. Yeah, um, for sure. They for haven't sure. finished their story just yet, but you know, the, they've, uh, they've gone through a lot of different categories and you know, evolutions of their career. So mm. people yep. like that are really interesting. Oh, for sure. So look, doing those younger guys is like pretty very appealing for the like the current market they'd probably sell much better than even the likes of peter brock or dick johnson but i thought like i stuck with the uh, or i went with those five originally uh, because you know they were people who kind of inspired me particularly the the four uh, gentlemen in there were uh, they were my heroes and uh, and like obviously I've done one on our very good friend Molly Taylor as well because she's an absolute gun she's a, she's a great person uh, and she's got such a fantastic tale to to tell as well so um, that was kind of the reason why I went with those five but maybe I might uh, for the next ones I was kind of and I haven't even I haven't spoken to these guys yet <laughs> but the guy like someone like Murph or Marcus yep. Ambrose. Uh, Mark, Mark Larkham would be a terrific tale to tell. I actually showed, while I was in Simmons Plains, yeah. I gave Larko just a little uh, sample of what they were about. And I'd said, oh, you know, I'd like to do one on, on you one day. And he'd said, oh, no, I don't think anyone wants to buy a Mark Larkham story or whatever. And then like the next, in the next sentence, he'd said, oh, but you could start the story here. And it was a kid from <laughs> kid from Griffith. And yeah. So um, yeah. Uh, yeah. He was, he was into it. So that, that was really cool. I think when everyone sees them, sees what they're about, um, they're going to enjoy them, whether it's just for their own personal reading or for their kids or their grandchildren, there's um, there's really something in there for everyone. But honestly, these, these things are meant to live on the shelf. Mm. far away from the kids and their dirty fingerprints. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Uh, absolutely fantastic idea and good on you for putting it all together. But it's not the first time you've actually put some of this stuff together. 
you were the creator of the annual back oh, yeah. in the day. Every year you do it, do the annual. So yeah. basically a, a wrap up of the year of motorsport. Um, I actually featured on the cover of one year there in uh, 20, uh, 2007. That's right. Uh, when I won the DBS championship. First DBS um, champion to be on the cover, I think you'll find. There you go. Let's see, see what friendships do. <laughs> so, yeah, you're not new to uh, this sort of process. Publishing um, the books, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it, it is quite um, a lot of work behind the scenes to, to put it all together. Yep. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I tell you that the annual that I did between 05 and 2011, I did seven of those. Uh, and that was a lot more work than what these kids' books are. Seriously, these kids' books are about... 250, 300, 400 words or whatever in total, uh, those annuals would have been uh, tens of thousands of words putting those those together. They were absolute beasts. Um, but look, I guess the process is is the same. It's, uh, you know, a lot of writing and then proofing and uh, making sure the art is right. That, that That's the most important thing, especially I'm selling these things as kids' books. So the as I learnt with my little three-year-old Georgia, the, the pictures are the, are the most important and the words in the books don't tell all of the story. So, you know, when you're reading them to, to your boys, you'll be able to see elements inside the books and you'll be able to tell them what that is. And they'll think, Oh, geez, dad, you know so much about uh, these car racings <laughs> or you're so smart, but um, there, there's, there's little stories within stories in there that um, that'll keep people entertained for hours and hours. Hours and hours, excellent. So we actually have Johnny Bow on the show. Uh, Johnny today. B. Johnny B is his Johnny name. Johnny B. Sorry, yes, <laughs> yes. I should get it right. That's what we're going to call him now. It's going to change his name on the race car and everything. Johnny <laughs> B is going to join us on the show. Yeah. Um, to talk about what he's going through at the moment, but also his involvement with the book as well. So, how about we uh, get him on the line and get into it? I like it. Here we go. Johnny B. On parked up, powered by Race Fuels. And it's great to welcome back John Bow onto the Parked Up podcast. Johnny B, how are you? I'm good. Well, I'm not good, but I'm reasonable. You know, <laughs> look, I've had a fairly torrid the last three, four months. And uh, I have days where I'm great, days where I'm not so great, and days where I'm absolutely crappy, which is one of the, like today. Oh, no. so, so, yeah, so, so you've got go, me the... Uh, go the easy on year. us. Go yeah. easy on us today. Give us an update about... Uh, where you're at obviously you had to go back um into hospital with a with an infection um that's set you back a little bit how's it all going well it, yeah it did it set me back a lot i was going along pretty well and i i raced in the i've raced quite a bit this year and i raced in the Bathurst six hour which is really a really good event i think and i think i might have weakened myself off a bit perhaps uh and then i got this infection which was a super bug so they say, and, and normal antibiotics didn't even make an impact on it. So they had to do lots of research and I've got antibiotics now that I think are working okay. So, uh, you know, it has a few um, side effects. The, the cancer treatment has a few side effects. So I wouldn't say I'm on full boost, but, you know, I'm better than the alternative. Now, JB, I haven't sort of caught up with you since all this has happened. Um, you know, from the outside, you've been really positive and had a lot of support from fans. Tell us about some of that support because it is quite a big shock to us all that, you know, one of our own was going through such a crappy time. 
Yeah, Tony, it's, it, it's, it was a shock to me with the, the support. You know, people were, I, I had honestly thousands, 20, 30,000 messages and, and I tried to answer them or drove me insane. <laughs> but um, they were just so good. They were positive. They were, you know, they'd shared their experiences. They, it was just, it was very nice, like lovely that people in our world, motorsport world, these were guys, you know, people, a lot of people I didn't know, uh, not, not the, you know, the stars of the show or anything, just these are normal everyday people that follow motorsport. And, and it was just very uplifting. And I mean, I am positive still, really, but when you feel crappy every day, it's really, it takes it out of you. You just, mm. you know, that uh, the, the feeling of well-being, which I know about with, you know, I've had in the past some mental health issues and stuff. I, I'm sort of, I think I'm a guinea pig for the medical industry. <laughs> Do you think that going car racing is a bit of a cure for you, though, In so to speak, you know, like it makes you forget about it, makes you feel good again? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you don't yeah, think about right. it when you're behind the, the wheel no. of a race car. You know, I remember, you know, we went to the Bathurst, the opening meeting of Bathurst, which was the supercar meeting, and walking into the paddock and we hadn't seen anybody for a year, you know, and mm. it was just so great just to meet, you know, all the people that you're involved with, you know, the crew and the teams, the mechanics, the, you know, the, the wives. Yeah, it was really good. And it has been good for me for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. But this was probably... At the moment is probably my lowest ebb I've been at, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, I, I haven't found any difference personally in the driving part, but I mean, there may be. We don't microanalyze anything like you do in, you know, uh, like your category or uh, supercars. We don't look at data; it's too hard. I've gone through my data period. I'm over it. <laughs> it's much better just to go and drive the car. So, so tell us, we've got a race meeting at Sydney Motorsport Park this weekend, the third round of the Gulf Western Oil Touring Car Masters. Is your current situation going to preclude you from from entering? Are you going to, are you going oh, to be no. all good? No, no, I'm going. I'm going. I'd be going if I had one leg hanging off. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, you know, I hope it doesn't affect me, and I hope, it, you know, who knows, who knows. But I'll be there for sure, and it's it's. Sydney Motorsport Park is a good track. It has good racing. The ARG race meetings are terrific because they have a, a huge variety of categories and cars that are that are really interesting and close. So it's I think it's it's a bit like the old days, you know, when you had lots of categories on, lots of races, all good stuff. It was, you know, the race meetings remind me of that to some degree. And it's, you know, it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to go. So I'm very supportive of it. Mate, there's nine categories there this weekend. I don't know if there's enough room in the paddock for everyone to sit. And it also means that uh, that you'll be doing a pretty late qualifying on Friday. Eight, yeah. uh, it's scheduled for 8 o'clock. It's a shame that the fans can't come to witness it. Uh, and I know that Touring Car Masters and yourself have done some uh, night racing at that venue in the past. But, um, oh, I missed out on it. Oh, there like you go. The, I, the last time we were there, they had a night race and I missed it because something I had a issue with one of the rockers. And uh, so I sat on the fence and watched it, but it was pretty spectacular. But now they've lit the track better. So I think it's just like daylight. Yes. Yep. So they say. So what do you think about that? Qualifying at nighttime, but no racing under lights. It'd still be a good experience, I could imagine. 
Yeah, I think so. I think racing under lights is a great idea, though. So hopefully that will lead to racing under lights at some other time in the future. But uh, slowly, slowly, I think. Um, eight o'clock, you know, I'm not so sure. I'd usually be, I'll be in a bed, mile, mate. I'll a be asleep. And a lay down. <laughs> Now, now let's, Jordan, oh, sorry, Tony. You no, I, I was going to, let's talk about these uh, children's books or these, these oh, yeah. books that Grant yeah. has written. I'm yeah, not allowed to call them a great. children's book, am I? No, I've, I've had heaps of messages from people and they're all adults and they're all saying they're going to get them. So, you know. They better. They better. I haven't made these for the kids. I've made these for the adults to stick in their collection, just up on the shelf far, far away from the kids. Don't put your yeah. grotty fingers all over them. <laughs> now, JB, I hope that you've gone in for uh, a, a good uh, commission on these sales. Well, I, we are, we've got a very, because he's a good bloke, you've got a very open relationship, you know, and, and I, I just think it's a great idea if he makes, I said to him, if he makes some money, he would give me some. So that's pretty open. <laughs> yeah. just, just 60 or 70%, just hand it over. Oh, no, look, I'm reasonable. <laughs> no, I've Jeff... always, my, my dad taught me half a loaf of bread is better than no bread. Which yep. is pretty true, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Probably went true. against me in my negotiations over the years, but anyway. <laughs> no, nah, a good little initiative. And Grant's a clever bugger, isn't he? He's, uh... Yeah, I reckon it is. It's great. I reckon it's, and you know, when you, this whole cancer thing has, has made me realize, like I've been in the motorsport forever since I was a, you know, young fellow. And you, you don't realise how many people follow it and how many people are attached to what goes on. You know, it's just, it is amazing. And they're the quite minority, you know, they're not the noisy people. But they're just, they're, I, I hate to use the word fans, but that's what they are. They, mm. they go to the races, they follow the, you know, the magazine, they follow the internet, they watch on TV if they can. They're still grizzling about having to pay for Foxtel, which is fair enough, you know. <laughs> this is about seven years later. But, but they, they are, that's what makes our sport, you know. It's, you can't have a sport without enthusiasts following you. So it's great. And it's, you know, the fact that, let's get back to Grant's books, they are a really fantastic initiative. I, I hope they, you know, you go good out of it because it's, it's actually fun. I'd, I'd never thought of it. And obviously no one else has either. Thank you, JB. Thank you so you much. Could, you could actually... You know, I mean, you could do this about everybody, couldn't you? You could do Formula One and NASCAR, and I mean, you you better license it somehow. So if anyone else wants to do it, they'll have to pay you. Because you uh, could imagine doing it in NASCAR. I've I've got a terrific long list of uh, people that I that I'd like to do it, and I guess the reason why, and I explained this to Tony just earlier in our show. The reason I did it is because um, yourself, Jim Richards, Dick Johnson, Peter Brock. Um, they were, they were guys that I grew up just admiring and, uh, you know, they were, they were my heroes. So, um, it, I, I didn't even need to do any research. Um, I think I did call you about, there's, there's a page in, in the book about, um, your very first racing with the, uh, with the Elfin. But, uh, other than that, yeah. I was able to, uh, sort of bowl it over. I did want to ask though, about the, my favorite page in the, in the Johnny B book for me, um, which is what the, the, a page that I've used as a bit of promotion on the socials. It's yourself uh, in Car Canberra crossing the finish line at Bathurst to win the 89 race in the Shell Sierra. Uh, and the words I put together was uh, together, Dickie and Johnny won the great mountain race. Fancy doing that is what came out of his face. 
Um, yeah, so, yeah. so the fancy doing that was because um, you were talking to Mike Raymond during the during the race while you're in the car, live on the channels of seven, and they actually spoke to you for like the last three laps of the most important race of the year, and you've got a bunch of commentators jibber jabbering in your ear. Um, it's just kind of unheard of these days. And I know you had a, you had almost a lap lead up on, on one of those ANZ Sierras. So you were, you were in a, a pretty good shape, but was it, I don't know, when you think back now, do you think, how did I actually do that? Uh, well, Keeping the mean, thing on the, on the, on the road while. I was never uh, comfortable doing it, to be honest. So I didn't do it very often. Um, Dick did it all the time. Like he was, you know, Peter Williamson, the late Peter Williamson and Dick were the pioneers of the talking on the camera, you know. So I I felt like I had to do it, you know, otherwise I'd look like a, a deal. And I happened to be in the car at the time at the end, which which wasn't the plan in the early part of the race, you know. It was it just worked out that way. So yeah, I, I think we knew the, the, the car had a problem with the turbo from about 110 laps. So this all this talking business. I told everybody in the world that the car had a turbo problem, yep. which which probably wasn't that smart in hindsight. <laughs> so, you know, I guess I got used to it, but I wasn't going flat out at that, at that stage. It's but the race was different then. You know, it was a different race than it is now. And part of that race was you had to be able to conserve the car a bit. You know, nowadays it's it's absolute as Tony well knows it's maximum attack for the whole race, and then you know if your car lasts and everybody makes good decisions well you might go well do you find that um the bathurst 1000 um back then was very much like the bathurst six hour now with production cars where you can't just flog the cars all day you do have to be a bit gentle a bit easy on them otherwise you could run into some strife uh the the cars then were much tougher than production cars uh So this was Group A. So they were pretty good, but I mean, turbo cars are turbo cars, and that was early days of turbo cars. So you were never quite sure. You know, you put your gloves on, crossed your fingers, and <laughs> and sometimes you know they went great, and sometimes they didn't. This was very fortunate that it actually lasted because normally when they they break a blade off the compressor, they are out, so out of balance they break. You know, they they fail. And this didn't fail for some reason. It just was very lazy getting the boost up. So you had to accelerate before the corner almost. But it kept going. So had to preempt anyway. it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the reason I said fancy doing that was because I'd, I'd raced at uh, Bathurst in 85 briefly with Robbie Francovic, then 86 with a factory Volvo team, and then 87 with Ben Seaton. And 88 was there my first year with Dick. And we almost won that race. And this particular race, the 89, we, we never lost the lead. It was like bizarre. You know, I couldn't, like this is a little fella from Devonport and Tassie. I couldn't believe it. You know, it was like, a, <laughs> it was like a, wow, a, a dream. And, and you know, I'm sure I didn't appreciate it at the time. I appreciate it now, though, because it's not that easy to win, is it? No, and I I know that. I've had a few attempts myself, and I would yeah, like I to win one just before, you know, yes, I finish up. Yeah. yeah, well, you don't have to finish up. You're only a young man. But, you know, it is, it's a sort of a frustration if you're capable of winning, which you are, and you're in positions to win sometimes and you don't. So it's like I, I quite often say to people, I raced in the Bathurst 1000 27 times, I think, 
And out of those 27 times, I left Bathurst on Monday morning 20 times disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) So the odds are not that good. Yeah, you did talk when I bumped into you at the six hour, you'd said something like uh, 85% of the time I come here, I leave here. I leave here feeling like crap. So, yeah, uh, but, tail, your tail between your legs, like a wounded little puppy, you know. Like, and it was the same this year with the six hour. We had all sorts of dramas, and oh, you know, I mean, you wonder why you do it. You do, yeah, you do. But when you get there on the Thursday, you know why you do it, don't you? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's uplifting and it's fun, and you you do it with guys. I know the guys you race with; they're terrific people, mm. and the blokes I race with are terrific people. That's part of you know, if I'm I'm reflecting on the past a bit, some of the reason I chose to race where I did was because of the people rather than because of their technical ability, you know. So it's probably different nowadays, but it was more important to me to, to have a good group of guys and girls around you that you had fun with and, you know, that supported you when you had a bad day and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, sport always evolves and it's certainly evolved again now, hasn't it? Certainly has. Now, JB, we're recording this podcast on a Monday and it's actually DJ's birthday. Yes, I know. I sent him a message a while ago. I was going to ask, did you give him a call and, and stir I'm him on? How old is he call. today? I couldn't tell you that, mate. I, I I could probably work it out if I had my little beads here. <laughs> Do you know, Grant? Uh, It'd be no, 77, no. I think, something like that. Uh, How do you think he'll celebrate? Uh, he probably have a you know a bourbon maybe. I think he's a bourbon <laughs> lover. I think so. When I <laughs> bourbon uh, when I and him, Coke Zero. Yeah, and Coke Zero. When I drove for him, he lo- he's a forex man, you know. So we this is I don't know whether he's told you this story, but we went to a restaurant up near Amaru. It was the first year, 1988, and we went into this Chinese restaurant with the crew with Neil Lowe and Dune and those guys are all there, and. The little Chinese man comes out and says, what can I get you? And Dick goes, I'll have a forex. And he comes back out, the little bloke, with a bowl with four eggs in it. <laughs> it's as true as I sit here. Did they boil uh, them for him or they just give him raw eggs? I think they were raw. Oh, gosh. No, he looked, I've sent him a message. There it is there. And he hasn't responded. How's that? That is a disgrace. Well. He's too busy he'd, celebrating. He'd be a very popular man. And I've just done my quick sums. Uh, Dickie J was born in 1945. So he celebrates his 76th birthday today. 76, is it okay? I did him a, dis- a disservice. Did him well, a disservice. Well, JB, we thank you so much for coming on the Parked Up podcast. I thank you personally for allowing me to uh, to bring your story to life in a series of uh, illustrations and some funny poems that I'm sure uh, everyone's going to like. I don't like to pat myself on the back too much, but I reckon uh, I reckon there's something in it for everyone. You've got a great story. Hopefully, to tell. a lot of cash for you, Grant <laughs> and JB. <laughs> Let's not sugarcoat it. Just, just dribble dribble down a bit, but um, yeah, I mean, I honestly truly believe it's a great initiative. So it's fantastic, and I haven't read. You know, I mean, you've shown me my one, but I haven't read the other one, so I'll be interested to, to see. Because, I mean, in actual fact, Jimmy, Dick and Brocky were prior to me. I was in the next wave of drivers, really, and I've lasted, you know, longer than all of them, I suppose, but mm-hmm. only because I want to, not because I probably should, but I want to. I want to keep racing because it's my life, my world. So 
um, to be included with those guys. I mean, you know, they were they were my heroes too. So, and Dick still is in many ways. You know, we're very good friends. I used to ring him every day. That used to drive him nuts. I don't do that now. <laughs> well. Well, we thank you very much. I thank you personally. And no uh, mate, we cannot wait to see you at Sydney Motorsport Park in your Tirana back out uh, on the racetrack where you belong. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Tone. I'll, uh, no worries. I'll, I'll keep an eye on you. I'll come and see you over the weekend. I hope your car goes Yeah, please well, do. Yeah, yeah, I will. Mate. You blokes in the garages, I suppose, because you're, you're bigger time than us. Well, bath as we were, but uh, I think we will be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where we'll be. We'll probably be at the, the drag strip. Yeah, I think you're in Parramatta. <laughs> I reckon so. Uh, you should come over and see our stuff, though. You, you, I, I've got to, I don't know when. I'd love you to have a drive in it. You would love it. It's just oh, we a, could we could do that. We could do a swapsie. We should. Maybe yeah, we maybe should. on like a Wally sponsor day or something. A pace yeah, yeah. sponsor day or something like it'd that. Be, you'd love driving it. Like it's like a really bad supercar. So you've, you've had some of those. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a bit fortunate these days. I get to drive uh, the good ones. So Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It's funny, isn't it? <laughs> it's good, though. It's just been the right place at the right time, mate. Definitely. Okay. All right, mate. Thanks so much for your time. Ciao. See you next time. See thanks, bud. Bye. And we thank Johnny B for coming on the Parked Up podcast. Um, we almost couldn't get Johnny B off the line there. He just wanted to stay on and just just keep talking. I think I think I tried to wrap it up three times, but he just wanted to keep going. And I love that. I think it's a bit of therapy for him at the moment. You know, he's obviously going through a hell of a lot. And I think today, for instance, wasn't a good day for him. So he wanted to take his mind off things. So uh, very appreciative to have uh, Johnny B on the line today. Um, we're going to see him this weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park. See him driving his Tirana around the racetrack. And hopefully that gives uh, him a bit of relief from uh, the things that he's facing at the moment, which is fairly horrible, to be honest. So mm. uh, we don't want anybody to go through any of that. But uh, unfortunately, uh, we're not uh, immortal. And um, you know, these things happen. But he's, he's fighting hard, which is fantastic. And he's got a huge amount of support from our motorsport community. Now... We need to talk about news because there was a little bit of news. There was a couple of race meetings on as well. Well, there was two, I think, Formula E and IndyCar. So Certainly not as much as we had last week. No, that's right. So the news section is going to be a little bit less. Well, we basically just did a whole pod on news last time because there was so much racing going on. Mm. Let's get into the news. This is the news. The news is brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au. They not only put together the Parked Up website, they've also put together my business's website, networkr.com.au. And of course, you can go there now and pre-order uh, one, two, three, four, five copies of the Little Heroes children's book collection that celebrates five of the absolute best of Australian motorsports drivers. That's enough of plugging my own uh, my <laughs> own thing. Let's talk about some news. And it's a bit of a wildcard fest at the moment. The uh, there was a sneak. You gave us a sneaky, sneaky insight into that Kurt Kostecki wildcard entry for the bend. So you obviously knew about it, and the, the story actually broke before we even got to publish uh, our last pod. So you were you were definitely on the inside. I was, um, and it looks like AVL wasn't because uh, when we spoke after the show, I told him who it was, and then he went and checked it out, and he said, oh, 
they forgot to send me the info. It's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So it actually came out before we even uh, put the pod uh, together. So yep. uh, we missed out on that one a little bit, unfortunately, because if we knew, That's we right. could have spoken about it. Uh, but you're right. There, there's a couple of wild cards uh, entering tail and bend. I think it's going to be exciting to see how they go. So we saw Thomas Randall do the wild card thing last year uh, at tail and bend and actually went really good. So he'll be wanting to try and improve upon some strong results um, this year, this time around. So it's Thomas and Kurt are uh, going to be the wild cards at tail and bend. But interestingly, Grant, young Aaron Seaton actually got to have a drive of one of the Matt Stone Commodores around tail and bend recently at a test day. So one of those mm. rookie test days um, where Erebus and Matt Stone Racing uh, had their cars there, which just blows my mind, by the way, how they can test prior to a round. Obviously, it's a new initiative from supercars. They certainly didn't have that around when <laughs> uh, when I was uh, that young. But yeah, so it's great for those guys because they'll get a big uh, head start going to the Taylor and Ben round um, to be able to test in a couple of weeks before. But do you think that means for Aaron Seaton, he's going to be part of the enduro lineup? Yeah, so they haven't confirmed any of their enduro drivers. He's obviously driving for the team in the Dunlop Super 2 Series. It makes sense for Aaron to go and make his great race debut with Matt Stone, with uh, whichever driver he might land with, whether it's Jake Kostecki or Zane Goddard. Uh, Yeah, I mean, who knows? Obviously great that we could have a second generation, a third generation driver, Mm. sorry, in Aaron coming to compete in in the biggest race that we've got he does extremely well in the national trans am series he's currently leading that heading into this weekend's round at city motorsport park he he knows how to drive a big v8 i think he's a he's a pretty safe pair of hands as well i can't Mm. see any reason why they won't confirm him and lock him in for the great race yeah I'd, i'd be surprised if he doesn't get the gig i mean he's definitely deserving of it He's he's a sensible driver, like as you as you're saying, he's a safe pair of hands, and you know he's got really good speed on board as well. So he actually you know raced his DVS car at Mount Panorama earlier this year, so he has some experience in the supercar there. Um, so it's sort of a bit of a natural fit, and I think uh, it's about time that he he got that opportunity and got amongst it in the great race um, come October. So fingers crossed for Aaron. I, I know him pretty well. He's a bloody hard worker. Um, he's working on that DVS car all by himself, uh, preparing it. I'm sure mm. Glenn's Glenn's helping out as well, <laughs> but may he's studying. He's, he's working on the race car. He's just flat out. So let's hope he gets that opportunity come October time. So uh, interesting in supercar land, those wild cards are, mm. are happening. And there's a another big bit one. Jelly. There's a big one. Uh, there's a big one though. There's a big wild card for that great race for the Bathurst 1000. Well, this is why I'm jealous. I'm a little jelly. Why are you jelly? You've got a seat in that race. No, I know, but DJR might be adding another entry into what? the great race. Oh. Well, is this the uh, Adderton, the the Peter Adderton well, boost thing? What are you reading? Know. Are you reading yeah, I, into this? Well, I saw it on social media, right? So and let's give some that... context. Let's give some context. So <laughs> Peter Adderton from Boost Mobile went on those bitter podcast rivals of ours, yeah. uh, the Below the Bonnet. Well, it's not really a podcast anymore. The thing's a damn TV show. Mm. Um, and, yeah, uh, Addo had, uh, had had floated the idea of running a wild card in the great race with Richie Stanaway, 
who he supported at uh, Gary Rogers Motorsport in their last year in the championship and throwing in old Greg Murphy, mm. the, the uh, Prince of Pukekohe. So now that, put, that would be cool. Would be very cool. But he's put this post up on Facebook and Peter Addison I'm talking about. He says, hey, Greg Murphy, Richie Stanaway, you know how I was there for you when you, you needed us? Well, time to repay the favor. I am serious. Let's go, boys. We have a car, team, and sponsor. We just need you to say yes. And the reason I think it's DJR is because Ryan Story replied and said, we're in. Over to you, um, Greg and Richie. <laughs> well, that would be a pretty uh, that would be a pretty cool entry having Murph and Rich in a, in one of those leading Mustangs. That would be, it would be pretty cool. cool. So I, I, so the reason that I am a little jelly if it does happen, because one of those boys is going to get to do qualifying and all the real tough stints, you know? So I don't know who it would be out of the two of them, but uh, probably Richie, I reckon. I reckon Murph would, would let the young fella yep. do all the tough stuff. But He could just do the afternoon shift. The, the fact that they get those shiny black Dunlop tires that co-drivers never see ever, <laughs> That's what makes me jealous. Uh, oh, well. Look, no, I'm joking. It would be I'm bloody sure cool are. to have the boys uh, <laughs> boys there uh, joining us for the great race. So now um, if Ryan Story is taking the mick here and he's not going to enter a third car, where else could, if if it was real, where else could the Boost, Murphy, Stanaway, Adderton, <sighs> Bonanza land? Tickford. Tickford for a fourth car. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Like, would Richie be on good terms with Tickford still? I'm not sure. Uh, money heals all wounds, Tony D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Where, who else? Blanchard's maybe, but don't think so. Yeah, that's uh, that's a tough one. Maybe the Kellys, potentially. They could. Oh. Uh, Kelly Grove, maybe. Um, Walkinshaws as well. They've probably got the capability of doing it. Uh, they've run a wild card before 2019. They ran one for the Americans in the in the Napa Auto Parts entry. So mm. uh, there's there's plenty of teams that can do it. At Gary Rogers Motorsport. They ran a wild card last year. They've got not much going on. They've got a supercar VEs <sighs> sitting there. Uh, what what are they? Sorry, ZBs nah. sitting there, good to go. Nah, look, I, I tell you right now, if Murphy's going to do it, he would want to be in a car that's capable of winning the race. Cool. Whether whether they're going to win the race or not, but why would you come out of retirement just for the sake of driving yeah. around and being twenty fifth or whatever, you know? Because the car's no good. I always um, thought Murph quit a bit too early. He quit a bit too early. Absolutely, he did. And not not from from full time driving. He quit too early. That was, yeah, but even co driving, like when he was at HRT, he twenty fourteen was that his last one? Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually part of the group with Super Cheap with Slady and. Um, Murph was real fast as a co-driver, like awesome. Mm. He's such a, like we we're talking about safe pair of hands before with Aaron Seaton, like Murph, hello. Um, you know, you get the guy to start the race and finish the race if, if we, that was required. Um, but yeah, he, he just said, nah, lie in the sand, I'm done. And that was it. Well, this is all fancy, fanciful wildcards we're talking about here. There was a real wildcard for the Bathurst 1000 confirmed. And that, of course, was Russell Ingle and Brock Feeney in a triple eight race engineering Commodore supported by Super Cheap Auto. That was pretty big news. What do you reckon? 
where, where did that come from, honestly? Like, um, you know, clearly Brock Feeney was going to land somewhere. Um, it was it was surprising that he hadn't landed somewhere already, but that took I think everybody by surprise. Russell Engle, he's back. The enforcer <laughs> is back. It's like the Johnny Farnham tour. You know, we thought he was gone, and he's coming back for another tour. Yeah, that, that I mean that's going to be a, you know a, an entry to watch for sure. It's going to be interesting to see how they go. Um, I noticed they've already started their relationship building exercises by racing a. Excel on the weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park, which they won. Thank they you. They won, yes. So uh, yeah, they started off in winning style, but yeah, I mean Russell's got a great relationship with Super Cheap Auto, um, so it all makes sense. I can see how it's come together, but it definitely took everyone by surprise. Even mm. even him, I reckon. So Russell's been out of the seat for a little while. 2016 was the last time he did the great race with the Kellys, partnering Rick Kelly. How do you think he'll go? There's, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a, the sun has come up and gone down a lot of times, actually five times, five years, <laughs> more than five times the sun and the moon. That's for sure. Look, Five years has passed. Like he, you know, I looked at him do those um, stadium trucks at, at Simmons Plains. He, I'm sure he'd driven them before, but uh, sorry, he definitely had driven them before. But he came in on that day and just mm. jumped in as a surprise thing and was you know, effectively just right on the pace. So can, can we just talk about that for one sec? What why was that? Oh yeah, I'm not sure. He did he drive Nash Morris's car? Was that the yeah. um Yeah, so yeah. I think Nash didn't drive, but I'm not sure what the go was. Yeah, so I didn't uh I didn't ask too many questions about that. Mm. Oh, I was interested. Um, someone someone <laughs> send us a message on Facebook or Instagram yeah, and tell, tell us, us why. tell us what happened there. You know what? La, in 2019, Russell came in and did TCR, and I didn't think he'd go, you know, amazing. Like I thought he'd he'd be a great addition to the to the championship. He'd feature, but he actually just went out there, adapted to the car really quick, and and you know he had podiums and had some really strong rounds. So, you know, it's it's going to be tough for him. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the level is very high. You know, a lot of young guys pushing really hard, but he's just a racer, you know, like he, he, once the helmet goes on, you know, you, you can't second guess him. He's, he's enforcing all the time. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Um, so, and I think he can really add a lot um, or, or, or give a lot of experience to Brock, you know, I think uh, to calm him down, to help him in some of those pressure situations like qualifying and, you know, it's a huge opportunity for Brock, you know, generally as a co-driver, you don't do a huge amount of miles on those weekends, but you know, now he's going to be the main guy, I would say, um, doing the qualifying, doing the, the final, you know, three stints of the race, all those sort of things. It does lift um, the intensity for him for that weekend. And to have someone like Russell alongside him um, to support him will be, you know, amazing. And obviously Paul Morris will be there as well offering uh, his valuable advice also. Um, and I think, um, you know, Roland is, is helping as well. So, you know, we'll see. They could, they could surprise a few of us. Mm-mm, very delicious. So uh, it's good to have an extra entry for the great mm. race as well, you know, and maybe if this Adderton, Peter Addison boost mobile thing comes off, that's an extra two. That's what the great race needs. You know, I don't expect that we're going to end up with uh, ever having 55 car grids in that race uh, ever again, certainly not in the short term, but no. um, it's great that they're filling it out with good, interesting entries. So 
That's very exciting. Can't wait till October, but uh, the sun and the moon have to go up and down a few times before we get to that point. <laughs> Tell me about it. Let's uh, let's focus on this weekend. A parting word from you, Tony D. It is the uh, halfway mark of the TCR Australia series. Uh, you're 11th in the championship. Chaz Mostert has bolted. He's gone. Mm. He, he can be caught though. You're still in the mix. You're confident with the Honda. How are you going to go? I don't know. I don't know, Grant. And I don't <laughs> want to make too many assumptions um, or predictions. But uh, we did have a pretty strong round there last time we were there. So... Let's hope we roll her out and uh, she's on the money. And um, the boys did do a little test day after Bathurst there uh, with Johnny Martin. I couldn't couldn't make the test day. So uh, he's logged quite a few laps and we've learned a few things. And it's interesting to see where the cars were because that was the first, the first Sydney Motorsport Park round was um, everything was new. We didn't really know about the setup of the car and things have evolved quite a bit. So it was interesting to see how the car was around there and um, there's good and bad bits. Um, they've actually resurfaced part of the track as well mm. since the test day. So last week they, they resurfaced turn two and three, and I think sort of up towards turn four, not quite that far. Um, so that will be interesting, especially if it rains because um, it's so fresh, this bitumen. Um, the, a lot of the oils come out of it and could be quite slippery going down there. But Traditionally, Sydney Motorsport Park is very hard on tyres and uh, we learn a lot at uh, Phillip Island um, about trying to conserve our tyres. So I'm hoping that's going to hold us in good stead. And yeah, if we can uh, claim claim some points back and get ourselves back in that top half of the field, then that's going to be the aim. But really, to be honest, I've got to go for wins. I've got to go for big results rather oh, wow. than... Yeah, comes, I have to. Here comes TD spearing down the inside. Well, I can see it. I can't be as conservative trying to look after the championship because we don't have a championship to speak of at the moment. So, you know, maybe a little bit more aggression. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get some like enforcer in me, something like that. Oh, and, dear. Uh, see how we go, but no, uh, looking forward to it. Great. Well, we're going to, we wish you all the best, uh, a final little parting gift for you. The uh, Valvoline GRM TCR boys released some new colors today. What did you think mm. of Aaron Cameron's Peugeot and Michael Caruso's, uh, new look alpha they look good definitely look good but i reckon the valvoline cars always look good like always doesn't you could you'd struggle to stuff them up seriously they look awesome all the time so uh, big fan of the valvoline colors and i think this is you know just an evolution of what they had before maybe a little bit less white on the front which is nice um, because i thought they were a little plain across the front but yeah very cool great to see them celebrating um and 155 years in business it's a incredible bad is it it's not bad not bad at all so there you go there you go plenty of news in tcr we're going to have a massive weekend this weekend which is going to be fantastic but we've got to talk a little bit about the weekend that's just gone because indy car racing we had uh scotty mclaughlin at st pete uh, around that he did actually the end of last year. So he had a little bit of experience at the St. Pete circuit, which is a street circuit um, and a really strong weekend for Scott. Uh, he, he qualified probably further back than what he, he liked back in 14th, um, but really good race pace finished uh, 11th in the race. Um, lap times were right on the money. Um, he's showing so much potential compared to where he was at his first race meeting at St. Pete. So He's done so much work 
in the off season and all those miles are really paying off. I did actually have a couple of little text messages with him this morning and he said he was physically exhausted from the race. Mm. Um, really physical uh, event around the walls and uh, around the street circuit, bumpy. And you really, like I said it last time on the show, you, you've got to manhandle these, these things, it looks like, uh, from the onboard vision um, and the G-forces and all those sort of things coming into play. And he's not conditioned to it just yet. You know, he, he's done as much training as he could outside the race car, but he's only in his second weekend of racing these things. And um, it's going to take a little bit of time before he becomes really conditioned to an Indy car. But great points, top rookie as well. He beat Grosjean and smashed Jimmy Johnson, which is amazing, amazing progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he was top five in in the warm up session as well. So, you know, he, he's showing that he's he's um, doing really well in this IndyCar and he's adapting very quickly. Yeah, I think the best bit is that he completed the race. Eleventh is is good. I'm sure he would have liked to have uh, claimed his first top ten, but you know what? It doesn't really matter. Eleventh, twelfth, fifteenth. Who cares? He's banked two full races with maximum laps completed. So um, he's putting himself in in a better position. He's got, you know, just thinking about that conditioning. He's you know got full two full races rather than binning it, throwing it yeah. off. Um, he's, Very he's, important. he's done it. He knows what it's going to take to get through and, you know, he'll only be stronger and stronger. Of course, he's got a whole bunch of new challenges coming up in the next few weeks when they start hitting those, uh, those ovals, but um, this will give him a lot of confidence. So um great to uh, see another one of our uh, locals doing so very well on the, uh, on the international stage. And we had Formula E racing as well. Now, Grant, I know you're a big fan of Formula E. So yeah. tell us who won, where were they racing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, hang on. Let me just do a quick uh, research. No, I couldn't be bothered. But look, I did watch some highlights. I can't even tell you who won. But the race was an absolute farce because there was like four or five safety cars and all the cars ran out of battery. They didn't even get to the finish. <laughs> it was farcical. So... Yeah, there was um, that was that was a bit of a shame for them. Like they have some awesome racing, and we haven't yeah. really talked too much about Formula E. And no, maybe that's great drivers, though. That's the thing. Oh, don't they? Amazing, yeah. world class drivers, young guys, just like sticking in holes that they shouldn't. Yes, you know, like the cars can take it too. They can take yeah, it. have a bit of side to side contact. Um, it's actually really good racing to watch it. It's weird because there's no sound. So that, mm. that sort of gets me a little bit. But because I think you've got such good drivers in there, there's so much passing going on and there's a lot of strategy in those races as well. So, yeah, I didn't get to see it either, to be honest. I'll be, I'll be, I'm sorry. I just can't, I can't, you know, see all that car racing over, over one weekend because right. I'd be up all night. Mm. Yeah, no, there's not enough time. But uh, if you do have the Foxtels, they do replay it about 400 times during the week. So (laughs) there's no doubt I'm going to see it at some point this week. Before we head up to Sydney, Tony D, that is it. Um, We can't talk about electric racing anymore because you know we're sponsored by race fuels. So (laughs) so there's not not too many race fuels needed for electric cars. Maybe they can power the generators. That's that's about it. (laughs) Anyway. We thank Race Fuels for their support. We thank motorsportwebsites.com.au and our good friends at Reaction Performance as well. Never forget Lee Stimation and his great team. Uh, and from us, we wish Tony D the very best. We'll see you up in Sydney. Yes, yeah, certainly will. I'm looking forward to it, bud. See you then.